Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Jordan Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest, your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us to navigate the tumults of this life. And the saint of the day is who, Jordan Burke? St. Alphonsus Liguori. St. Alphonsus Liguori. Not a, not according to the calendar, but according to what we're talking According about. to us. Yeah. He's the saint of the day. Yeah, there's a different saint of the day yeah. today. But, but uh, for Divine Intimacy Radio, St. Alphonsus Liguori is the saint of the day. And we're talking about finding peace in the storm, which is a spiritual commentary on um, on uniformity with God's will, and we're on we're in uh, chapter six, right? Chapter six, yep. Spiritual desolation, and um, talking about you know a lot of a lot of this book is really about fixing our expectations, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. If you fix your expectations. And you receive, if your expectations are divine, let's say that, if they're properly oriented to God and you receive what he desires to give you, then you will have peace. True or false? True. Well, it seems like the majority of what we're what we're dealing with here is the lens in which we look at whatever happens to us. Mm-hmm. And if you can change the lens or gain a new lens at how to look at whatever you're dealing with and whatever may come, then yeah, it's as you're saying, you know, you're going to experience peace versus kind of the opposite which is which is not good and not fun not good and not fun and to the degree i'd say in principle to the degree that we embrace what comes in our life whatever that is um and maybe the embrace isn't the right word to the degree that we do, we choose in in essence choose what comes which is because whatever comes is either caused or willed by him well caused or allowed i should say yeah then we are choosing his will. That doesn't mean, which I think we've said over and over, but it's worth repeating because people forget, it doesn't mean that we don't seek to remedy ills or pains that we feel or difficult circumstances. It doesn't mean that. The perfect model of um, this kind of thinking is Jesus in the the garden, Mm -hmm. Gethsemane. You have a comment about it? No, I was just pick it up on where you were what where i'm going so yeah because he says you know if possible let this cut past this hurts like crazy you know like no other man has ever hurt in the history of humanity right um but not my will but thine be done so he's asking for it to be changed but he at the exact same time is saying you know you know what's best i yield you know and i'll i'll do what you asked me to do And so in this circumstance that we're talking about today, uh, so there's this book walks you through all different kinds of things that can rob you of your peace in life and or your peace in your faith. And this one is desolation, spiritual desolation. What is desolation? Desolation and aridity, either word, um, are... Uh, they're synonyms, but they mean the perceived absence of the presence of God. That's that's the commonality there. 
between aridity and desolation. And they and desolation in particular presses down upon you and, and tries to push you away from God. It puts heaviness upon you. It, it weighs you down. It's it's a lot of feeling and emotion. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Negative or dark feeling and emotion. Right. right. So what St. Alphonsus is trying to do is deal with that and help us. So he quotes, here's a few great quotes from St. Teresa of Avila. She says, our lot is not to enjoy God, but to do his holy will. Another one, love of God does not consist in experiencing his tenderness, but in serving him with resolution and humility. Uh, another one, God's true lovers are discovered in times of aridity and temptation. Let's leave the last one for a second. The first two, our lot is not to enjoy him, but to do his holy will. And and love of God does not in, consist in experiencing his tenderness, but in serving. What's fascinating about both of those is it's not about what you receive. It's about you giving to God what is due. And it's 100% counter to what we are taught culturally, which you mentioned later on in your comments here. Mm -hmm. But it's worth, I mean, a lot of people, I think, hear that and think, I can't understand what that might mean because we're so used to doing something either for reward perceived reward or actual reward or you know for ourselves rather than for the purpose of serving yeah yeah and, and basically it's the opposite of narcissism right. or it is love our lot is life is not to enjoy but to do as will so our disposition isn't i need to enjoy this and i should enjoy this and if i don't enjoy this it's bad right Instead of saying, no, whatever it is, it's his will, and I need to, you know, I need accept to join it. with him, accept yeah. it. Or if I'm going to struggle against it, I struggle with a light, you know, a light trigger, if you will, or a light hand, recognizing he may want me to retain this difficulty. You know, I've talked a number of times about my own illness, and it's obvious, you know, that that at least so far... I haven't been healed of this. Yeah. And so then it means it's God's will that I have this disease. Yep. And it mean it means that I struggle and that I don't feel well. And and but what I but my what my disposition toward God hasn't always been this way. I mean, it's important to be honest, is that I need it for my salvation or he wouldn't allow it to continue. Yeah. Right. So if I reject it, now I have the disease. And I'm irritated. Right. Right. <laughs> and you're sinning and you're losing the grace that you would have had otherwise. Right. Which I think Alphonsus talks about a little bit later on. Yeah. So then, so, and then um, love does not consist in experiencing his tenderness, but in serving him. Love, authentic love is concerned with, obsessed with serving, giving of self to the other. Self-denial for the purpose of self-giving. That's real love. It's yeah. called a ceases. Right. The the last quote from Teresa, which I also really like, it's God's true lovers are discovered in times of aridity and temptation, meaning those who truly love God at a deeper level, when they encounter difficulties, remain with him. Right. And they don't abandon him because they don't like what he's doing. Right. You know, they don't if he doesn't give them what they want then they don't go, okay, I'm out of here. Or something that they don't understand, which we see a lot today as well, where people are confused about something that's happening in the church or in their own personal lives, 
And because they have those feelings attached to it, and some of it may be objectively bad, you know, they assume that God has exited the building and therefore they're going to exit. Right. It's like, dude, that's a, that's so far opposite of what you need to be doing right now. Yeah. You know, on a smaller example and further, I think he's quoting Teresa or he, this may just be him, but it is important to lay great stress on the point because some souls, beginners in the spiritual life, finding themselves in spiritual aridity, think God has abandoned them or that the spiritual life is not for them. Thus, they give up the practice of prayer and lose what they have previously gained. Right. So I'm curious. So I know in, in my own story of my reversion, uh, I when I first started learning mental prayer, I was showered with consolations. It was just like every mm. time I went to prayer, it was just consolation after consolation. It was just flowing constantly. And then a little bit later on, and still, still to this day, my prayer is very, very dry. It's been dry for years. <laughs> And what we're reading in here, and I, this is the question I'm asking you because you've counseled a lot of people, but my suspicion is, and, and this also comes from my conversations with a lot of people, that as soon as prayer gets hard, people exit, mm -hmm. right? Is that what you've experienced as well? Yeah. I mean, it's common. Well, it, it, it depends. Like if in the average parish, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, in our community, no, because right. we teach in Apostle VA, we teach people and help them understand this and and the folks in the AV are tend to be have gone at least through some significant conversion. Yeah. Those who have not gone through any kind of conversion are often praying and this isn't a condemnation or even a criticism it's just a description but they're often praying to get something from God or bargaining to get what they want and if they don't get what they want they're out of here, you yeah. know. And, and, and these people are often good people. Like they wouldn't do that to their spouse or their best friend. It's like, give me this and then stand there. And if you don't give it to them, then go, well, the blank with you, yeah. I'm done with you because yeah. you won't give me what I want. Right. But what's weird is the one to whom we owe everything, nobody on earth fits that description. Right. But the one to whom we owe everything, uh, we do that too. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So no, it's really common, unfortunately. But one of the things that's really important, and, and Alphonsus, you know, speaks to this. He's he's a big devotee of Saint Teresa of Avila, and and is he knows that when you when you stop practicing mental prayer, it has a huge negative effect on your ability to understand God, to understand yourself, to understand anything. The graces that come in mental prayer can be uh, can be had no other way. No other way. There's no makeup pill. There's no, you know, so people, uh, This there's this big controversy now about this pill for people who are use, losing weight that also the people use for diabetes or something, you know. And uh, so that, but when you go off the pill, apparently you gain the weight you had before and a lot more, wow. you know. So, and it's apparently pretty dangerous, but you know, why do people do take pills instead of doing exercise and eating right? You know, it, it, it's that, it's sort of that mentality. Yeah. They treat prayer like a pill yeah. and God or God, like a dispensing machine. You know, I put in my stinking quarter. I didn't kick that puppy. Right. You know, I was nice. I used my turn signal. Right. Where's my stuff? Yeah. yeah. Give me my stuff. Yeah. You're not doing what I want you to do. Right. I'm out of here. Right. 
like who does that everybody yeah <laughs> too many people do that yeah but so, but Alphonsus knows that if you if you maintain that life of prayer it really aids you in understanding god and i mean and, and like we always say um spending time with jesus proximity with jesus is knowledge of jesus is distance from sin it's wisdom it's perspective it's like if you were in the first century walking around and you're struggling with something and jesus is a football field away what are you doing i don't know about you I'm running towards him <laughs> i'm going over there because yeah. yeah. he's the king of kings and lord of lords he knows everything the world is in his hands. Why wouldn't I go and give myself to that? Well, that's the other problematic aspect of what we're talking about. It or talking about where people, when they choose to leave, you know, prayer or leave whatever the case may be in times of aridity or desolation, it's fundamentally saying that I'm not getting my way, which is one narcissistic, and then two, I can do it better than God. Yeah. Well, it yeah. Or or it's saying you're terrible at being God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is in essence saying, I'm putting yourself in judgment over God. Right. Like it's there's a, a better way to do this. And boy, you sure don't know it. Yeah, it's dangerous, you know, dangerous place. If you were as smart as me, you'd be better. So we better, we gotta go to a break. So when we get back, we'll continue talking about aridity, desolation, mental prayer, and finding peace in the storm. We'll be right back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose. And to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains, as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even, even desolation. You know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with Commentary by Dan Burke. This is Dan and Jordan Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We are talking about aridity and desolation and prayer and that we should never stop praying, no matter how we feel, ever, ever, ever. And if we do, the devil's pretty happy about that. I don't know. Do you think the devil's pretty happy about no, that? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, one of the one of the several demonic principles is anything but God. Yeah, and that covers a wide range of things. But if in this case if they can get you away from prayer, then separate you from the vine in that way. You know, you're not going to receive the graces that you would. Even if you don't feel them, you're still getting graces. You know, they're still there. And in fact, I, you know, I tell guys this all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel anything in prayer. It's like I don't either. But guess what? There's almost more merit in my mind, at least, and I could be wrong, in showing up when you don't feel like it, than there right. is when you show up right. when you're being showered with consolations. Yeah, I've you certainly know? heard that taught. So yeah. that there is more merit when you, yeah, when you don't, because yeah. it takes more will. Yeah, more of an act of the will. I think it's important to 
talk about this aspect of all of these challenges. Aridities stinks. Yeah. yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, desolation feels terrible. Yeah. Uh, so what we're not saying is that if you adopt these dispositions, you you know, and even if you adjust your expectations, like we talked about earlier, that you're going to feel just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, not at all. That's not what we're promising. It's not what Alphonsus yeah. Liguri is promising. You know, Jesus, Jesus felt the incredible pain and suffering he felt in the agony of the guard in the garden or in the passion, you know, in his crucifixion, he felt it. But there's a difference between those who are dominated by their suffering. They have a victim mentality there and they, they pile on irritation and rejection of God's will to that. And so their disposition is one of darkness rather than one of peace in the midst of the storm. Yeah. So you can suffer and be at peace at the same time. Right. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. I mean, a lot, actually. There's stuff I can't talk about. Uh -huh. But, I mean, I've, got, I've briefly hinted at, you know, some of the incredibly painful, un objectively unjust, objectively evil things that I'm having to endure. Uh -huh. um, and I'm at peace with in that circumstance but your heart still aches oh it's that doesn't mean that i don't have nights where i just weep yeah you know and days where i'm just like trying to hold it together yeah because you know, that happens yeah but you know my my peace is not uh dictated by how i feel right because I can experience those things and still know that God is working through those things. Mm. And I think it's important too, because if, if you, if you only focus on yourself, if you only, I could, I could easily say, this is objectively evil. This mm. is what's happening to me. This is unjust. All of that would be true. But what I'm not doing is looking at God and saying, mm. God, where are you at in this situation? Right. So when we're talking about this shifting of the lens, your viewpoint of everything, what I'm doing is I'm actively saying, like in the garden, Lord, I would really love for you to take this away from me. Your will be done. That is my prayer, right? And it, it, people should be saying that. Like that mm -hmm. is, they, Jesus gave you that example for a reason. That mm -hmm. is the perfect prayer for these situations. There's no better prayer. Um, but when I'm, when I'm focusing on God, where are you at? What are you doing? I'm, I'm allowing myself and I'm opening myself to turn, instead of turning inward, to turn outward and see, oh, look, he did move there. This little thing was definitely him. His hand is on it here. His hand is on it here. And then you start seeing more things. Still doesn't relieve the pain, but it allows you to know and have peace. God is in control of all of this. If everything that I believe in scripture is true, then I need, then he's working somewhere and whether or not I see it, you know, but the more you can turn out words, the more you can see it. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. You know, the other aspect of this where peace comes in is that you stop looking at people as political adversaries, you know, or enemies, even if they act like it. Yeah. Um, even if they are objectively your enemy yeah. and they want to harm you, you, you look at them and you think a number of things, you know, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Like Jesus prayed, or you, you think, well, hurt people, hurt people. And, but, the whole perspective you have from this vantage point of Liguri is 
God's at work. This person is in your life for a reason. Right. What's the reason? And how do you how do you join what he's trying to accomplish? Usually it's your own salvation and yeah. your own maturation or realizing, you know, faults in your own in yourself. But I but the but when we rail at other people and get upset with other people, it's it's just because we're not looking up. Right. Right. We, there's like no divine element to the way we view relationships and, and the people that God allows in our lives. Right. You know, I, I've, I've had a, a huge number of beautiful people in my life and some that did tremendous harm, even in my own home as yeah. a kid, you know, even, even recently where, you know, folks will make judgments based on limited information and, because they don't they're not disciplined to assume the best they assume the worst and when it's nothing even close to the truth and then when there's no track record of that either yeah when yeah. there's no right when there's <laughs> no track record either yeah. well, which makes work it, it's sort it of more, more painful. painful yeah it's like well have i not you know demonstrated over the years that i you know i'm i'm trustworthy right right so when and when have you seen me not trustworthy okay right. well why why are you suddenly accusing me of not being trustworthy? Right. You know, whatever, whatever the circumstance. Where I'm just sort of making things up to mask the any details, but the 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 fundamental principle is there for me. And and by the way, I've been that person for somebody else, no sure. doubt. Yeah. Right. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Where somebody else is going, why did God put Dan Burke in my life? Right. This guy is such an idiot, and he's and he's really causing me pain, and he's really bugging me, and you know. Um, I have just have no doubt somebody has thought that along the way. Um, but you know, when you, when you recognize his work, you think, well, the Lord gave you to me and me to you, and we're both supposed to learn something. doesn't mean we're always supposed to walk side by side, unless we're married, then we right. are always supposed right. to walk side by side. But, but I mean, just, it, it's, it's one of the things I love about the word sojourner, the, you know, in the Apostle VA community, we have this concept of sojourners, meaning people who walk side by side with us for a period, but may not stay with us, but we will remain friends, you know, regardless. Yeah. So, so it may not be, it may be that, you know, there's challenges and that the person isn't supposed to walk with you forever. And those challenges come to an end when they stop walking with you. But while they are walking with you, look up and ask the Lord to, to show you what what he's doing and then all anxiety is gone and then you know uh and then we're walking in the place of peace right but the other way is just painful yeah and I, I just don't like it what else does he say here that's moving to you anything else stand out the time of aridity is the best time to practice resignation to god's holy will I do not say you will feel no pain in seeing yourself deprived of the sensible presence of God. It is impossible for the soul not to feel it and lament over it. When even our Lord cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. And I think it's just a great way to sum up everything that we've said. You know? Yeah. I mean, the, the example of Jesus saying that about people who are spitting in his face and mocking him. And, and people just need to keep that in mind. You know, the time of aridity is the best time to practice resignation to God's will because it is so contrary to our feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. So contrary to our feelings and emotions. And if you can get that one thing in your head and remember it, 
like, okay, God feels really far. It's probable that he's actually closer than he's ever been, even though I can't feel it. Yeah, if you're in here, I can make a strong statement on that effect. If you're a person of goodwill and you're chasing after him, I can promise you and assure you that his he is present. Right. And it only feels like he's not. Right. But it's, you know, it's I love the uh analogy that John of the Cross uses. And our producer has a new little baby as well, named Lisa. But when Lisa um there's a point at which Lisa needs to be put down. You'd like to carry him around all day and because he's so stinking cute and he's got a great smile and he's a great disposition. So you'd like to carry him around all day. But a smart parent knows that the little one's got to be set down. Why? Because he's, otherwise his muscles won't develop. He won't learn to walk, you know, all of that. But the the first time you set Lisa down, I'm betting, uh, I don't know if the producer would agree with me or not, is it's the first time you put him down and he and his face is toward the ground and he can't yet turn his head over or turn. He's crying. He's like, where's my, I've been abandoned. Life is terrible. Nobody loves me. I'm alone. Where, but mom or dad is just right behind him. Right. Why do, why does he feel that way? It's because he, 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 he's not able to see in the moment. Yeah. And, but we have to exercise by faith what we can't see and trust the Lord and trust the saints in the way that they teach, teach us that no, you know, probably in aridity or, or especially contemplative aridity, but probably in aridity, uh, he's closer, Yeah, you know, and he's doing work in us that we need done a sort of holy spiritual surgery. And if we would just say, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you. Um, we won't find the storm so scary yeah, or so threatening or so disheartening. Yeah. You know, losing losing hope is terrible. Losing faith is terrible. You know, um, but it come we come it, we come by it pretty easily. So, if this book is is in this conversation has been a blessing to you, please go out to EWTN's religious catalog and pick up Finding Peace in the Storm. If you buy the book from them, two cool things will happen. One, they'll send it to you, and the other is you'll help EWTN. That's certainly something we want to do. And you can find all these previous shows out on spiritualdirection.com. And we're just about the end of our study. If you want to catch another show today, uh, because we're live streaming now uh, on EWTN, pop over to spiritualdirection.com YouTube page, and you'll see the uh, part two of the next show. But whatever you do, we're glad you're here and we're grateful. And hopefully we're helping you in the interior life and in your spiritual life. And uh, with that, we're out. Until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole the entire spirit, soul, and body. You're approachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.